Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bazaar. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And I'm really excited. This is our first person from Nashville, Tennessee, I believe, on the podcast as we launch sort of a new season of the podcast that's going to heavily concentrate on Nashville, particularly because of the international tourism that we're seeing here, particularly because of music. Everyone thinks it's only country music here. But it's actually music in general that's here. All types of music. It's growing. You see it in all the honky-tonks. It's not just country music. So that's a pretty cool thing. But what it's doing is it's also bringing international attention to the food scene here in Nashville. So we're going to be doing a lot of episodes here. Um, Thank you um, to Spotify for syndication. And thank you for everyone for listening in, all the support we're getting. so that being said, our first person on the podcast is Shylon Calbert of Sugar Boats from Nashville, Tennessee. How are you doing, Shy? I'm doing well. So tell us about yourself. Did I get your name correct, first of all? Because I'm always nervous about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. And yeah. so tell us about yourself. How did you, where are you from? Like, what's your story? And then so how did you get into the food trailer business? Um, when I say where I'm from, I have to ask people like, is that where you born? Where you raised? I don't know. But I was born in Rockford, Illinois. I was raised and I grew up between Warren, Arkansas and Jackson, Tennessee in my life. I came to Nashville when I was about 15 years old and I relocated here with my mom. And I actually started working. Um, I don't know. A lot of people may not know about the Opry land. It used to be a theme park. Yeah. That was my first job at 15. I started cooking there. At Dolly Parton's Opry. Is it Dolly Parton? Or is it just... Uh, Well, it was the actual park. Okay, cool. The actual Opryland park. Very cool. Go on. Yeah, and um, from there, I never stopped cooking. I'm sorry about this noise in the back. No, yeah, no, no worries. There, I never stopped cooking. So I've been cooking everywhere from from McDonald's to five-star restaurants to hospitals, schools, nursing homes, you know, all over. And it was just a couple of years ago when I was working at the Hutton Hotel there. And I was like, I've always wanted to have my own restaurant. So that was my big dream. Um, So a couple of years ago, I was like having an epiphany in my life. I'm like, I'm not going into another kitchen until I go into my own again. I love this. Keep going. And yeah. And God made that possible for me. Yes. Yes. 20. When did COVID hit? I I think I want to say 20. 2020 so when COVID hit? Yep, 2020. Okay, so 2018, I opened my own restaurant, Sugar Boats, in Jackson, Tennessee. Oh, very cool. And I ran it for two years until COVID hit. Like, it was this small mom-pop restaurant. When COVID hit, I kind of, I was already in the mode because I'm from Nashville and I was living here, but just running a restaurant there because that's where I grew up. So my clientele was strong there. And um, 
after COVID hit, I closed it. And I was real sad about that. But I was already in the process of opening up a, a food truck. And I think by the time I thought about it, it was like this one food trucks was really hitting the scene. Everybody wanted to come out because doors were closing on yeah. restaurants. So, yeah. you know, they had to figure out a way to structurally keep money flowing. And I did that, and I jumped right out in the scene, and my truck did wonderful. It did wonderful, and I've been going now for two and a half years in the same place that I'm at now, Rosa Parks and Monroe. And it's just been growing and growing, and I hopefully one day I can grow back into a restaurant here in Nashville, but still have my food truck. And one of the things I love about this scene, and the, I do see the, there are some food trucks popping up here. I mean, Denver is a big scene. That's where I came from before I came here. And Atlanta's got a big one, and even mm-hmm. San Francisco. But one of the things that food trucks does to communities and environments is it allows for the growth of, mm-hmm. of entrepreneurs so they can then go into brick and mortars as these towns boom. And Nashville, as I just said, is a booming town. So... Mm-hmm. In order to do that, one of the things that, you know, we want to do um, as entrepreneurs is exactly what you said, is start to build your brand, start to build your business, and then move yeah. in. And, and hopefully it's more downtown and Taurus. I mean, there's a lot of businesses that started off here in Nashville or in other cities in your similar situation that then grew as the city grew or grew yeah. into the city, as I would say. So it's right. really cool. So I have some questions for you, okay? So one of the things is, as you said at 15, you started cooking and you never stopped. Was it just something that always attracted you and you always knew you wanted to cook? So I'm going bag all the way up before 15. <laughs> because before 15, I stayed a lot with my grandma down in Arkansas. My mom was uh, millet. She's a militant mom so she was in the military my grandma raised me a lot and it wasn't it was like by force grandmama was like come on in here we finna cook some cakes and pies and everything so you know I grew up where we ate everything fresh we didn't eat store bought meat or any of that we we went out and hunt our own food we cooked our own cakes all that. So I'm going to say about six is when I started in kitchens, like really learning to cook scratch food, cakes, pies, all that type of stuff. And as I grew up and got, you know, older, it was, it just stayed a passion of mine just like to keep cooking. My mom is a great cook. My dad is a great cook. My grandma is a great cook. So I love it. So, I mean, what, when it came to the menu for Sugar Boats, um, how did you come up with it? I mean, was it food that you, you – I mean, so talk to us about the menu. What What's on the menu? Does it change? I mean, what's your favorite items on the menu? Because it's obviously representative of you as the entrepreneur, right? Yeah. So I got this name. My sister kind of collided this name together for me. And it's actually called – well, my restaurant was called Sugar Boats. When I did the food truck, I called it Sugar Boats Mobile Trap House of Food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this. Yeah. I love this. I, I forgot about this, but I'm glad you brought it up. Yes. So 
I'm not gonna lie, you know. I love my, my younger days. I was, I was, hey, I was just one of those little wild girls out here. So I kind of transformed the way of <laughs> trapping into. You know, entrepreneur trapping because everybody feel like when they say trap, it's about other things. Yeah. And, you know, just like the word hustle doesn't mean you have to be out on the street or on the corner or doing something illegal. A hustle is it, it's your career. It's what yeah. you get up and go out and pursue every day. That's your hustle. That's your passion, you know. And so I just I feel like I took my youth into my adult years and just turned it around to something positive because I also, I talk to a lot of the young generation, yeah. you know, and I tell them, you know, it's other ways of trapping. <laughs> it's other ways of hustling, you know, you'll always have to turn to the street life in yeah. order to, you know, use the word I'm trapping or I'm hustling or something like that. So, that's kind of what it was. And, so I, I, and I love this. Go on. Keep going. I want to tap onto that in a second or trap onto it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so the me part is the menu. I kind of made the menu match the, the name, like the trap house name. So I have things on there. I have wings. I have stuff like ghetto dope burgers. Um, What's what's some more uh Reaper burgers and stuff like that and these wings laced with this and you know it's it, it's a fun menu because when they look at it you're like huh but yeah. I want to try that though <laughs> I love it I love it um one of the things I I agree with you on the on the youth thing and I want to talk go back to the menu but it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where. I know what that is. I know what it's like to chase the dollar, the quick one, and mm-hmm. even blur the lines. So I'm an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. so I I do blur lines. You know, I do. Mm-hmm. My world is within a much larger boundary than the rest of the world is comfortable with. Okay, so right. that is a true statement. But I ha- I do I have blurred lines. Okay, I don't blur them anymore. But I have in my youth, especially when I was trying to build a business, because I didn't understand that the short chase of the money actually cost me long-term wealth and when i started long-term building relationships and and hustling in the same way just as hard but in building stuff instead of trying to take something for me and investing Uh in other people you know different than the podcast the Uh wealth came and weirdly the money became more like a trophy the success was more the rest of my life and then the money and the success of the businesses came as that and then when I got away from it and I lost track of that and the money became important again I lost that success in some ways so just as easy you can forget about it your ego can flare up and down no matter how old you get and mm-hmm. um, and so it's never over and I talk about Napoleon a lot because I I I'm a, he was a guy who fought for freedom and then all of a sudden declared himself dictator you know just like something went wrong there his ego got the better of him but it's yeah. Um, it can happen to any entrepreneur, and in our youth, we think we're indestructible or our life is so certain if we don't do it now, but we don't realize we have 60 years. And life constantly gives you opportunities to start all over again, which we're right. seeing with you, with what you're doing, and me, 24 after being 24 years in a business, 
no longer in that business and starting a new life and rebuilding myself as an entrepreneur and finding a new path. And so it doesn't matter if you're 20 or 40 or 60. It just is like you got to have the mindset of the hustle is there. Hustle. Yep, yep. you got to hustle because yeah. you, you can get what from this world what you want, but what you put in is what you get out. Negativity is going to get out negativity and positivity is going to get out positivity. And if you chase short-term relationships, you're going to get short-term relationships. And so that's part of what it is and part of what I do and why I like coaching and doing the entrepreneur thing is I like like instilling in entrepreneurs or in youth like, hey, there's more to being an entrepreneur than just money and business. You're actually having to grow humans beyond whatever they're educated you're actually having to grow your community you're actually having to set values and morals to try to better the world whether you realize it or not you have that kind of impact when you create jobs and so it's just it's really cool that you said that and i I, and the way you phrased it is exactly true to me (laughs) you know so it's like you know i can't you know and i'm going to say this also i think there's a huge, if you really listen to the messages in all types of music, um, regardless of if it's sad or if it's, uh, or if it's a street or whatever, or whatever anyone wants to put on it, it's, it is about the hustle. It's about picking yourself up out of a situation and doing better. There's always hope, even in a sad message. And yes. so that's part of it. It's the ability and what musicians have is a superpower that they can give to people and give hope or emotion or help people deal with sadness or process pain or whatever it is. And entrepreneurs, we have that same ability. We just can't do it in four minutes. So, you know, there's right. that. So anyway, I want to go on with what you're saying. So I love the menu. I love the idea and how you stay true to you. And it just, it is it is what it is. Do you do the delivery services then? Is that something that you picked up on the DoorDash, the Uber? I know it's a growing business. Uh, I know that it's just starting to get real foothold in Nashville and, and grow here as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you use that? I do. Um, I haven't used it in a while. Uh, I actually... You know, my trailer just got stolen. So <laughs> it was like, so I just kind of like, you know, freeze with all the apps because I just got my trailer back probably almost two months ago from um, being stripped down. Yeah, it was stolen from that spot right there. And it didn't, you know, it, it was sad me, but it didn't deter me. It just made me want to come back even harder with it, you know. But I had to protect my goods a little, a little better than what I was. But um, wow! And so, talk to me about rebounding from this because now you're like not, you're you've been knocked down <laughs> twice. Let's talk about the restaurant and the the truck. And you're like, okay, I'm still going here. This is what I was meant to do. You know, you know whether God's testing me or life's testing me. Yeah. You know, how do you pick yourself back up from that? And I don't want to yeah. go to a negative spot, but I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs, including myself, who end up in these dark places through life because we risk it all for our dreams. Yep. Yep. I've always been a person. I'm like, even though, you know, I chase my dreams, but I try to keep a bag up. I'm, I'm going to say it like my daddy would say, I always keep you a spare tire. 
you know, because you never know what happens in life and you might need something else to fall back on. So in my spare time, you know, I I work at a nursing home. So I'm a food service director also at a nursing home in the day. I run my business at night. So it's like when it happened, I was really sad because my, my first idea was like, am I going to find my trainer again? Yeah. Am I am I going to find it? Am I have to, you know, start all over? So the whole process was, it was sad. It knocked me down, but I know I had coverage too because I actually tracked my own trailer down. My trailer had a tracking device on it, and I tracked it. And good thing it had insurance, so it was repairable. The whole thing is you you want to find it before they just gut it to yeah. death. So you know it was a challenge knowing that you know I just I, I had to get knocked down from COVID from the restaurant. Okay, now this has happened. You know, my kids, they were real positive about it. My husband, everybody was like, you know, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Because it's just like something that they've always seen me through life is just bounce back from stuff. It's incredible. You're an incredible human. Keep going. (laughs) Sometimes I ask myself, like, God, how did I do it? You know, how did I get here? You know, you figure out how did you do it? What did you have the money? Where did it come from? Because things go so fast and you just like, okay, but I did it. <laughs> so that's the beautiful part is that you able to bounce back up in life. And I feel like every day that God wake me up and give me another breath of air, I got another chance. Yeah. I got another chance. And here's something that, you know, and I want to talk about this too. Um, because I think it's so important um, that as entrepreneurs, there's and there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that talk about getting investment and and getting people and having invest in your business and leverage your business. Uh-huh. Oh my God, I would have just made it if someone would have just invested. It's uh-huh. never been true for me. Every time I've gotten an investment for someone, it has hurt my business because it it tried to create a shortcut. And Uh there is no hack in being an entrepreneur in your own business, regardless of how much money. And if you try to hack it with money, you actually cost yourself years, not gave yourself years. And one of the things I really want to emphasize is right now, particularly in this town in Nashville that I've seen that is like so all the way ingrained in entrepreneurs here is give me money and I need more investment if I just had more money. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, that's your advantage. You don't understand. Mm -hmm. If you can figure out your way out of here, you'll never have to ask for money from anyone Mm -hmm. again. And it may be five steps like that, but you will figure it out if you stay true to it and you continue to hustle and you're not a fool. Okay, so there's that. And you have to work on yourself and you have to grow. And there's that. That's part of not being a fool. But yeah. part of also not being a fool is realizing that life happens for you, which you just said. And everything that happens to us is an opportunity to grow. And when mm-hmm. bad things happen, and I've had a truck stolen that went to a food trailer when we were in the when I was in the food trailer business as well. One of our subsidiaries that we had was the mm-hmm. fried chicken food trailers, and um, the tr- one of the trucks was stolen, like freaking ninety thousand dollar Ford F five fifty trailer you know with you know that we we did in the middle of a snowstorm in atlanta someone stole it and 
the trailer's there. We have no way of getting it back north without a truck. So it's like one of those things. So I've been where you've been in a similar situation, not in the exact same way. We did not yeah. find the truck, though. And yeah. um, But it leaves you with trying to figure out what's next. And yeah. there were a lot of pivots along the way. And it's kind of funny because that particular trailer never worked out in the way that I ever wanted it to. But what it did lead to is this idea that I'm working on right now in this like 2.0 food entrepreneur, Justin, that I feel is like gonna change the world and the way we do food. And so that's kind of cool. And so like that's where it's not always about the downs. Like if you can figure out, okay, like we're about to hit, we're about to hit another bottom. Like what pieces am I gonna break into? What ones do I need to rebuild? And what ones do I just be like, okay, those ones didn't work for me and don't bring them to the party anymore. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's it's like that. Um, gosh, you're like an, an crazy great person to talk to even though <laughs> that's, the story's horrible just because like I feel that the life as an entrepreneur is so much about the mental toughness. But I'm going to tell you the real the real hustle of, you know, when I got this trailer, I knew nothing about it. We had so yeah. many ups and downs and woes and foes. And, of course, like you, you had a truck that was stolen. Soon as I got the food truck and I bought a truck, my motor locked up. So it's like now trucks are so high. So now I'm like, okay, now I got to try to invest into another truck. But you yeah. know what? That didn't stop me. So guess what? As long as I got U-Hauls around here, I'm going to pull my truck some type of way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And that's just the answer, God, truth. Until I can get to another point of, okay, now I'm here. I can get me another truck. Now I can move back around a little more like I want to. I just don't stop. I don't let things I don't let things stop me or deter me because it's a lot of things in life that we can really be complaining about instead of getting up and trying to make something happen. You I agree. I agree. And I think um, one of the things that really life teaches you as an entrepreneur is that if you roll with the punches, like literally, like, and don't get stuck on them or ruminate on them other than to mm-hmm. learn from them and grow from them, yeah. that life can be very rewarding. And everyone thinks it has to be monetarily, but I, I've never found that the money is as rewarding as the growing of the humans in the business and figuring mm-hmm. out aha moments. And mm-hmm. the money comes in, in waves and and growth and the, the best entrepreneurs figure out how to keep growing it. And, um, but the reality is the reason they're able to keep growing is because they're able to learn from the lessons rapidly and make adjustments and pivot. And if you're never an entrepreneur where we are talking about right now and starting a food trailer and going through the hard knocks, you're never going to have the experience to be able to handle it if it were 10 trucks and you're having a problem. Well, we have a motor locked up. Well, I've never had that problem before. I have 10 of them. And so Mm -hmm. what do we do? You know, and someone could panic and it's not Mm -hmm. you. And you're like, well, I've never had to deal with this before. And I don't know, does U-Haul have a truck? And maybe they do or don't. But now you know. Mm And yep. so, and it's easy for you to be like, okay, we can deal with this. And it doesn't even deter you emotionally. It's just like, okay, it's another day at the park. I got to get food out the door. Let's go do this. Let's go do this. Yeah. We can't stop. Hey, yeah. what, what, what's next? 
let, let's figure out let's figure out how to fix this problem yeah it, that, that's how i live like let's figure out how to fix it instead of dwelling on it let's yeah. just figure out how to fix it and it's weird and it's i it's not you don't want your house on fire so you don't want to cause fires in the house and then go running into it to try to put it out but as right. an entrepreneur if you find a lot of reward and pleasure for lack of a better term in solving the problems in growing your business it's mm-hmm. a lot of fulfillment and you don't even realize when you're doing well because your mental attitude and your energy and positivity that you're emitting out to the world the true one like a, in a loving way attracts business over the long run we just talked about it with the youth the, yeah. the youth thing it's that long-term yeah. thing like and yeah. I believe it's why people know your business, why I was attracted to it, why there's an energy there. And you responded mm-hmm. so quickly when I'm like, oh my gosh, I've heard about this. I Now I've <laughs> passed the truck, like, okay, or trailer, and I need to look at this. So mm-hmm. I appreciate really what you're doing. So like, let's talk about, do you have employees? Is it just you? Um, how do you handle that? How do you handle employees in the restaurant? I mean, because that's, you know, being an entrepreneur and making the leap is what most people don't do. So that's the initial yeah. step. But then once you do, it's like, how do you manage all the staff? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, that was very troublesome for me. <laughs> you, that, was, that was troublesome for me because when I started out, it, it just started like family. Yeah. And as I grew a little bit and I was having to travel back and forth, you know, I'm here sometime working, I'm there. So I was leaving people, you know, to work. And it's really a scary thing because I'm not McDonald's or Burger King or something like that. So if you take something from me, it's going to hurt me. Yeah, It's going to hurt if you like have bad attitude or bad publicity or send out a bad plate that's going to hurt my business you know people go now because social media is so broad then that people in they get on social media and they i ate here and that was not cooking you know things like that it's hurtful to your business yeah. and it damages it, it damages it really bad but i just i had got to the point where going towards COVID, I had more employees and it was like, I wasn't there and I was trying to trust people to like run my business while I'm here. I'm not in and out. And it just was not happening. It was like, either I'm going to have to go there and run this business or I'm going to have to close it down because I would rather close it down than for somebody to run my brand in the ground and I will have to close it with a bad name behind it. So I that's, that's, that's a lot of, you know, when COVID hit too, I had to make all those decisions, you know. Okay, I don't have responsible people to run it. You know, I'm losing money. We got the doors closed. So I had to really think fast because if you don't think fast, guess what? Those two years that I put in just running that restaurant could have been the end of Sugar Bowls, period. But I had to think of a way to, to to branch off and keep that name growing because I put so much work and hard work into it. You know, so now it's just, you know, it's me and it's just like family. I so. understand that. I can I can understand 
both I've I've in trust and and building a business. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that one thing that I've learned as an entrepreneur, especially Sarah's a little far away from the mic, um, is that when I build something, it literally takes at least three people to do what I do. And I don't know Mm -hmm. why. And that's not me patting myself on the back. But as an entrepreneur, you train yourself to be so efficient with your time and your Mm -hmm. energy because you also want time with friends and family and all those things that Mm -hmm. matter and um, in which I don't have right now, but I'm trying to make time (laughs) for them. And, um, you know, and so but like as I'm readjusting my life, like I talked about, I'm trying to find balance where where it's all there. And one thing I will tell you is when I truly have had balance in my life, like truly in the times that I have is when my businesses have made the most money, where my managers have been the best and where those three people I'm talking about when I'm building a business that end up replacing me have been the highest caliber that match the positive energy. When I'm on that activity, when I'm acting at that level, when I'm buzzing, you know, as a bee or whatever with everyone on that energy, I, I attract that same energy into my businesses, mm-hmm. into my life, into my relationships. And when mm-hmm. I don't, I do. And it's so crazy to me how now that I'm tapped into it as a business person and entrepreneur, how obvious it happens. Like my mood, if I'm in a bad mood, I quickly attract people with bad moods. Like it's like, whoa, mm-hmm. like what's going mm-hmm. on here? Like, mm-hmm. and if, if like I'm like, like slightly in a position of being taken advantage of and I don't do something about it, all of a sudden there's like three people trying to take advantage of me. And so it's like those type of things. And those are the energies I'm talking about. And as humans in our everyday lives, we don't realize it, but that's what happens in our lives and why we don't move or our lives don't change or there's no transformations that we're looking for improvements in our relationships is a lot to do with that, in my opinion, at least. And so... Um, you've, you've really inspired me. One of the things I wanted to talk about also is is what you were talking about with employees here. And one of the things that I notice, um, particularly that's hard in the market here, is there's a lot of like the delivery drivers or people stealing foods that's meant to be delivered and never marking it, and then it never ends up getting delivered, and the restaurants are getting screwed in that way too. Yeah. And so it's this craziest thing that I get it. You're, you're wanting food um but if you have a car and you can get to the restaurant i'm telling you 100 percent that if you're a really good dasher you get paid a lot of money if you accept all the orders i'm telling you the algorithm works off a of customer service there's no cheat code guys and um all of them and if you do really good at customer service and you accept all the orders you get better orders and higher paying orders and catering orders and then mm-hmm. guess what also happens if you're high ranked the restaurants just give you food when you show up and drinks because you're a good person. Mm-hmm. And so you never have to take it. I don't, I understand needing food and I understand being hungry. Okay, I've been there. Right. I understand I've messed up in my life and I've hit rock bottom and I need, couldn't figure out how to get a roof over my head and I've slept in a car and stuff like that as an entrepreneur in order to keep our yeah. businesses open and you know stories I would never tell anyone or never walk into my offices at the end of the day and be like, oh guys, guess what? I lost everything trying to keep the doors <laughs> open and I slept in my car last night. You know, no, didn't say that. But those points, they were my fault. I messed up. I let people take advantage of me and I didn't stop it like I talked about or I didn't run the business or I saw a cultural problem that I didn't fix or whatever it was or I was too nice and sometimes 
being nice or kindness is mistaken for weakness and that happens too exactly uh-huh. and so like i'm a little bit on a tangent but my point being this is everything that we do and everything that we concentrate on to what we're talking about on this podcast is that that it how the quality of the life that we live, the choices that we make really have a long-term impact both financially on us and on our quality of life. And if it's like DoorDash or, or whatever, like like stealing the orders or whatever, it's hurting the business, it's hurting your community. And if we're not compounding the, the money in the community, it doesn't compound back to you. And I'm going to give everyone an economic thing. And I, I have studied and I'm a study person and I was an entrepreneur and everyone one of the things that really bothered me about being an entrepreneur is everyone talked about being educated and whatever. So I went and did my bachelor's and I've done my MBA and believe me, it was a cakewalk after being an entrepreneur. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't go get it, but it's a lot easier once you've run your own business, every aspect of it. And, mm-hmm. and so the thing about what I'm saying is, is that you have to challenge yourself and you have to educate yourself and push yourself. But what I am saying to you is no matter what anyone says, no matter what anyone does in this world, if you're not growing yourself and actively growing the community or the people around you, life does not reward you, period. Not with happiness, okay? Forget about money. Let's just start with joy and happiness and reward on a daily basis Uh, and purity. And so if that's what happens, even as an entrepreneur who's listening to this, I'm sorry, you're just never going to get it. And if you're chasing money first before God or before family or before morals and ethics or before treating people properly, you're never going to get the money, even if it's a short-term hustle or or whatever. It may look good and it may be a lot of rush on a, a temporary basis, but long-term, it's not. Mm-hmm. And so I know everyone's like, oh, mm-hmm. everyone says this all the time. I'm like... I'm 42 years old. It's a long freaking time to live. I'm like, I can't believe the amount of years I've lived and all the things that I've done. I'm sort of like, what am I going to do for the next 40 years of my life? You know, I need to try to have a family, I think. And that's part of it. But it's like, okay, like, so like, what is, what does life actually mean? You know, because it's, if you really concentrate on you live life every day to the fullest and positively, like we're talking about and in your business and things don't knock you down you're going to win. And I think you're going to win big time, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, Sugar Boats is gonna win big time. And the Mobile Trap House of Food is my <laughs> favorite name of like a branding name. Yeah. Like I yeah. I just am like, it is so accurate. And yeah. um, so I went on for a long time there. I'm so sorry. Um, no, you're good. Um, hey, um, I'm, I'm taking it all in. I'm listening because this is like a pleasure to be on here to talk. I, and, and when I tell you how I say, my mind is always going about a hustle. And like you say, what am I going to do next with my life for the next <laughs> 40 years? Because I was just sitting on, on the phone telling my friend, I was like, yo, we should do a podcast. And it's so funny that you have a podcast and you've been in the food industry and you wanted to go from the food industry to a podcast now i'm in the food industry and i'm like okay what 
other aspects of food. You know, can I get into to you know just ex- explore the the food side of things you Absolutely. know the restaurant side of things the food truck the food industry just besides cooking and you know it's so fun out. yeah yeah i encourage you to do anything or try anything because i like yeah. i said you know one of the things that i've 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 grown as an entrepreneur so i literally like in, in I like literally through entrepreneur group I'm part of I literally create a business in my head every week or it's about a paper it's about a page long and it's just an active activity I don't actually implement them but I actually actively think about what would I do and do, would it work and how would I do yeah. it and is it worth my time right and yeah. does it match my visionary thread for where I want to be in my life and so yeah. it's sort of that type of thing and it's a vision board, I guess, in a way, but it's just life can like it's really where you focus on and where yes. your vision is is where your life goes. And even though there's bumps along the way, if you keep that vision and you keep your focus, it all sort of fits into the plan, you know, and I say this a lot and people are always like, you know, you gotta it's God's will. Well it's not. It, it is, and it's not. It's God's will, but as an entrepreneur, if you can align your will with God's will, then you yeah. have a successful business. Yeah. And it's so hard for people to understand that simple thing, but you want to make money or you want to be successful or feel like you're valued in this world or, or matter as an individual, it's right there. And it's mm-hmm. at that point where that crosses, where your will meets God's will. And I don't mm-hmm. know how to describe it to anyone other than that it's a feeling and it's a relationship. It and, is. And you, you have to remain humble through yeah. life while you're doing that. You know, that's, that'd be a lot of problems with people. You know, they get so far and they lose the humbleness. Well, guess what? That being unhumble can damage your brand, too. Yeah, because you know they they look it, it's like so many young people visit sugar boats. They love coming talking to me. They call me ma. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, I love it. it. So, you know, it's so funny. I hear somebody behind me in the water, auntie, ma, and I'm like, I, I'm not your auntie or your mom. But it, you know, it's really heartwarming that they look at me and respect me at 46 years old that I get the love from the city like that. I know. You know? So, I know. And I yeah. don't have kids of my own, so and I but I mentor a lot and coach a lot of yeah. like young uh, entrepreneurs and athletes right now and they they pop and they call me pa or dad weirdly, which is kind of weird <laughs> because I don't I'm not familiar with the term because and it's only happened recently. I think it's because I've started to gray. And yeah. um and I'm just like, oh man, but I don't have kids, so it's not a term that I'm used to. But I get it because I'm, I'm probably acting in that way to them, um, yeah. and I'm being very direct with them in a way that's probably unusual. And even in the community here in Nashville, like I'm really like as I I'm going into the communities and I'm meeting restaurateurs and and food businesses and and people in the community, I'm really trying to push positivity into the community here. I really believe in Nashville for some reason. And it's one of those things like when I talked about God's will and my will, for some reason, regardless of my will, God has put it in my heart to be here. 
and yeah. to work with the community here in Nashville and, and to work on the delivery stuff and to work on um, building the entrepreneurs and, and getting international recognition to the food space here. And that's what's where my heart is. And there's a, a group of people that I've met here that are weirdly in my heart also as like I've known them all my life. Like they're weird, like old souls like mine that have been entrepreneurs mm-hmm. like yourself mm-hmm. um, that I've started to meet here in Nashville that's, that's like I've had communities like this in Georgia and Denver where there's been entrepreneurs, but it's different here. And I don't know why. But a lot of it, I think, is that aligning of my will with God's. Like, it feels right that I'm supposed to be here. It mm-hmm. feels like like whatever I'm doing, whether it's the podcast or or mentoring and coaching or or whatever my next steps are, and I'm also working on projects in Seattle, which I, it feels good being there. But for some reason, Nashville is like where my heart is for some reason, where my soul mm-hmm. is. And I've been trying to fight it for months, maybe even years, as I've driven by it or, or spent time here. And mm-hmm. like my life has not gone very well by denying that for some reason I need to follow this path. And it's hard as an entrepreneur for people to understand, but my path has always been different than everyone's. My calling as an entrepreneur started young, and my uh, my path as an entrepreneur put me on the road for a lot of years, except for right now. I feel like Nashville is a place that I'm gonna be calling home for a long time, just because I feel like this particular mission's long for me. And as an entrepreneur, it's hard to, to hear this, but I will tell you when you've been in the game as long as I am, you just know. I don't know mm-hmm. how to tell you. You just and you 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 give and you you understand that you're you're here to help people and grow people and you align your will. Like I said, life happens differently and your contentment for life happens differently. So right. I keep talking a lot and this not normally it's supposed to be about the podcast, the people I'm podcasting with and everyone in the stands looking at me like oh my gosh who now they're really like i understand what's going on here while you're while we're seeing you because they're like all being inspired their smiles are uh huge here but it's um you know and i appreciate them they're helping me out and so i uh wow this has been i've really been doing well with the podcast lately and the energy and I can't tell you how great it's been to just talk to you. Um, so where can everyone find you? Let's go through that, the address, the the social media handles, um, things like that, and when are your hours? Um, so uh, you can find me. I'm sitting, I sit in the parking lot of 707 Monroe Street. That's Nashville, Tennessee. And I sit right in the corner across from Crossroad Pets. Um, I you can find me on IG at sugarboat sugar dot boats, or you can find me on Facebook at sugarboats mobile trap house of foods. And I tell people, you know, because I do work, you know, we just go into a slow part of the season, and it's it's not just, it's food trucks, it's restaurants, it's hotels, it's everything. So I try to keep myself busy this time of the year. So I do work, so I get out in the evening. But all my people know, you know, follow me on social media. They know when I post, I'm there, and and. I have kind of broken away from since I've back, been back open. I haven't got my tablets running back up up and running again, DoorDash and stuff. So my IG be going 
crazy. And that's how they post their orders. They they text me. Hey, can I order? Can I order? Can and, you know? It, and it goes like that. And I'll be like, yeah, okay, so so. And they they that's what we do. It's kind of like we got a system, and, and it's kind of like you know, it's a family. They they know. Hey, okay, she posted, she opened. I always say open or closed or sold out, so they know the routine by now. <laughs> I love this. I just and I love that the business is coming in so organically without all the order systems um, and all the trouble that comes along with them. Yes. So, gosh, I I have some other questions (laughs) that I want to and I know we're going a little over here. You're fine with me. (laughs) So what are what are your next steps for you? I mean, you talked about the podcast, you talked about you know, wanting a brick and mortar and, and a truck. Mm-hmm. But I mean, do you mm-hmm. see like a, a sugar boats in, in every city? Is this something that you, you know, what is, if if we were having a, a deep, dark conversation of where you wanted to be in like 20 years right now, I mean, obviously our plans change and we pivot, but where is that? I mean, what is it that, and do you think about it? Um. I have an epiphany all the time. I'm like, I definitely want a Sugar Boats Nashville. I definitely want one Atlanta. Yeah. Um, I would like to open up another one back in my hometown in Jackson again. Uh, that or either Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and I kind of wanted one in Cali. <laughs> These are my thoughts. And I always tell my kids, I'm like, I need to find me some good investors. Like, I, I don't know if people ever watched Ronald McDonald, yeah. the the documentary of how McDonald's opened. If you haven't, it's a great thing for an entrepreneur to watch because, you know, that was two brothers and they opened up Ronald McDonald, but they, they knowledge wasn't where it should have been. And that allowed somebody to come in and take their family business. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's just a lot of things that I look, I read, I research, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to investors and stuff like that. But I just want to organically grow. I want that name to just branch out. Because yeah, it, it has so much potential that, oh my gosh, people don't need to know. <laughs> well, and I talk about McDonald's a lot and I should, because I think they're, I mean, they run systems better than any other business I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And they can run a store with two people or 10 people, it doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. and their variety on their menu is, and the efficiency of getting stuff out the door is still better than any other business. I don't care what anyone says or <laughs> ratio or dollars. Right. Okay. But the problem is, is I agree with you, the entrepreneurs that started the business aren't the ones that ended up building the business over the long run. And and they suffered from something which was almost the imposter syndrome of some sort where they were almost too scared and they thought they needed help. And, you know, I, I forget exactly how he weaseled his way in, but he did it and then bought the company and then turned it into mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And, he was um, there to sell a milkshake product. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's yes. right. And so, I mean, but this is, and this is part of being an entrepreneur. And the more successful we become as entrepreneurs, 
the more people are coming to buy out from under us the hard part, which yeah. means is what I'm talking about is the McDonald's brothers built the hard part. The rest was just scaling it and getting it more efficient and right. doing the branding and the marketing. And then right. what they did really well, which was he did really well, which is attach a bunch of characters to it, which I still like to this day. Characters are important to food brands, guys. Cereals have them. That's why there's so many different. Each cereal mm-hmm. has its own icon. McDonald's mm-hmm. has lots of icons or or whatever mascots because one can relate to every human. And mm-hmm. when they need them, when the popularity comes back in mascots, they have a lot to choose from versus Wendy's who has one and maybe Dave Thomas. So if you count two. So it's like that's my point. And Little Caesars who has one Little Caesar guy. And the Noid for Domino's. The reason of having a cast of characters is no different than Disney. Is everyone can relate to it, and when everyone can relate to one of the characters, you build a business. Also, it's not only the variety, of the food, it's all of the things, including that marketing piece that I'm talking about, which is I identify with the character. You know, like I had a classmate in college. He's like definitely the Hamburglar. You know, I can relate to people's personalities in those mm-hmm. characters. So that's mm-hmm. why it's important, and I like that you brought it up. But I do agree that as an entrepreneur, you do need to be careful because most of the time there are sharks out there looking to make money off of the hard work you've already done. And that's the learning I'm talking about, the not having the money. So when an investor comes in, it's like, oh, well, now you've got to get an ROI of like 15% a year. And Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay. And then you change your business that made you successful in the first place. And I get it. What got you here doesn't necessarily get you where you're going. But a person that didn't work in your business that just throws money at it isn't going to know better than you. Sorry. And so it's just the way it is. And when people are like, oh, Justin, what are you going to do? And what would you do? I'm like, number one, I wouldn't do what you do, period. So it has to be yours. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you questions and we're going to walk our way through this so you know what you need to do and you own it. Because if I own it, you're always going to be like, well, it's Justin's idea, so it's not really mine. No, burn the ships behind you and go attack, you know, because this is your life. And so anyway, that's that's sort of where we are. And wow. And you've done it with what happened to you with happening to your trailer and being stolen. You've sort mm-hmm. of just, no matter what, you're going to move forward and no matter what, this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yep, I want to branch it out and make it franchise if I can. <laughs> if I can, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it is, it's so many other things, you know. I'm almost like, you know, I even talked to my son, like, you know, that lot is for sale. And I'm like, yo, we could buy this lot. And we could turn it into a, like a whole food truck, food court. I love this. We could do so much with this corner lot, you know, because so many people look for places to sit their food trucks or come see, you know, and it's such a, a growing part of the city right there. So, you know, my mind be my mind is like yours. It, it just be all over the place. <laughs> I love that idea, though, and I think it would be great because people love going to little food truck parks where they parks. have a variety. Yep. Like, I want a hamburger and, yep. you know, blah, blah, blah wants a, a euro mm-hmm. or something. And uh, the blah, blah, blah wants hot chicken. You yep. know, so it's I, – I think they're great, and I'm a huge proponent uh, or huge – advocate of them because i love the entrepreneurs and i think when entrepreneurs work together and more than one uh three or more 
uh, definitely that magical things happen exponentially because entrepreneurs really pollinate each other. It's yeah. you know one of the reasons I yeah. have a bee tattooed on me right now. And it's because I believe that my purpose in life as an entrepreneur, I was born to do it, is that I need to pollinate the world around me with positivity so it grows forever long after I'm gone. And so, but that's the same in food is we've got to pollinate the world around us and food directly and bees are a part of that pollination. So there's a whole thing why I did it. But, you know, to your point, it's entrepreneurs pollinate other entrepreneurs and they help each other grow. And so, um, and when entrepreneurs are together in one common space, you become the flower, not the bee and all the people come to you to get pollinated, even though you're Mm -hmm. being pollinated. And so that's kind of a cool thing about grouping food trucks together too. So I love that. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'm at an end here, but I would love to have you back on the podcast again for a part two, maybe in after New Year's and sort of talk about your story and see what happens with the parking lot or the food trailer and the truck that you're talking about. And, you know, as we wrap up things, is there anything that you want to tell the audience? If there's anything that you learned as an entrepreneur or a couple of things that you learned along this journey that you wish you would have known (laughs) four years ago, you know, what would those things be for the young entrepreneurs out there? Um, one, just stay humble. Stay positive. Never doubt yourself. If you put your mind to it, I have three kids that are grown. You know, I have one that's a rapper successfully. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I tell them, you know, if you put your mind to it, if you say you're going to do it, don't procrastinate do it because nothing what how does it say nothing beats a failure worse than a try i might have it wrong but you know that's what i always pump into them you know because you never know if you're going to fail at something if you don't give it a try and i appreciate so much because some people i call it scared money don't make money yeah that's exactly true (laughs) so you know you gotta try you know, and it's it's funny because so many, and I've suffered from this in my life as an entrepreneur. I've had some really, really lows just from having such highs that's mm-hmm. like there was a while there where I felt alone as an entrepreneur and there was a lot of time where I was growing so rapidly, but everyone wasn't growing around me at the same mm-hmm. rate. And, mm-hmm. and my connection with money and the way what money meant to me as a, as a trophy um as secondarily was a lot different than the people that started surrounding themselves because once I became successful and the business became successful, I mm-hmm. people saw the money and then people were attracted to the money and worked for the money, not for the success or the clients or what started yep. the business was, was hustle and grinding and trying to give the clients the best service and the best product and the yes. best feedback and track all the complaints and actually get back to the people that had the complaints and all that. And when weirdly like I it's one thing I never saw coming and I didn't have the right mentors and coaching is that you would think success would attract more successful people but what happens Mm -hmm. when money starts happening or even in your personal life is you attract people that only care about money 
care about money. Yeah, It's so yeah. crazy to me. And all of a sudden your life gets surrounded by that. And over the last yeah. seven years of the last parts of my business, that became very much so. And even people that had been around for a while, they became very entitled and very like about the money also and wanting theirs and where was theirs. And I'm like, oh, you haven't got enough over how many years, but okay. And so, and you know, who's going to do the work if you're now entitled to it and you don't need yeah. to work for it? You know, I'm going to keep working harder for everyone. And so there's that thing. But I created that problem because I didn't know that success is, and when you get the reward of money, which everyone's such in a rush for, it attracts people that just care about that. And it's not the yeah. right type of relationships that you want because when there's the lows in your businesses or in your life financially, which guaranteed to happen, those people are gone quickly. But they're, they're and they will tear you down in the process because you're no longer the gravy train. And so, oh. and so I just say that as for all the entrepreneurs out there, this is a lesson that I learned and we talked about it on this podcast. So I feel that I should spread it to everyone. And believe me, I'm okay. I don't like, I'm not saying it because anything's wrong. But what I am saying is that you have to be careful. And it's okay to change your surroundings and the people you surround yourself with and the people in your business. Loyalty to the employees and to the business in the long run, if you're going to build legacy, also means you have to keep things new and fresh. Yeah. And you have to keep employees on their toes. And it's not fair. And yeah. I get it, there's collateral damage, but the problem is, is if you don't do it, the collateral damage is everyone and everyone's families and everyone's college tuitions. Yep. So it's, chasing it's, the money, uh, even as a starting entrepreneur, you're setting yourself up for, a th by the time you get to the third decade of your business, you're gonna run into a cultural problem, guaranteed, mm -hmm. if not sooner. Mm -hmm. Especially mm -hmm. when you actually do become successful. So yeah. I will leave everyone with that. That's my closing words. Oh, geez. This has been an amazing experience and I've gone it on way was. too long. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I cannot Thank wait you. to have you back on. And um, will you just give everyone your information again on social media and your address? They're uh, holding up a sign just one more time as we close everything off. And then I have to do another plug here before we get off for something and then um i appreciate everyone listening and i love you guys i love the audience and uh let's close it out okay so everybody you can find me again at 707 monroe sitting on that lot on that corner uh 707 monroe nashville um you can also find me on on facebook i'm sorry facebook at sugar boats nash sugar boats mobile trap house of foods or ig at sugar dot boats mobile trap house of foods you can call me you can put in an order that way <laughs> you could do all that or you could just pull up to come see me and thanks for having me you guys it was a pleasure i love talking to you it was it was nice it was nice yeah it's really great and so um, anyone, if you come to visit Tennessee, obviously go find 707 Monroe Street, Nashville, yes. and uh, Sugar Boats will be there for sure. Hopefully, as we get into spring, maybe with a bunch of friends, if I'm going to keep pushing it and, and keep trying to uncap her potential here, uh, along with what she's already doing on her own. And um, so I love this. But as, go ahead. 
I, I was just gonna say, and it's is my food truck is kind of like a a tourist attraction because before it got stolen, it was full of signatures. Oh, that's I, awesome! They, they wanted me to wrap it. I'm like, no, I'm not wrapping it. I put the name on it. I put wet markers out there, and I let people just every time they come, they would sign their signature on it, and it got so full. So now we starting over because I had to get it redone and stuff. So yeah. People look oh, I'm forward. excited. I'm going to come over and sign it. I'm going to come over and sign it. Please do. Yes, Please absolutely. Do. Absolutely. I love that. Wow. Gosh, this has just been, you're building a really quality brand. There's so many layers to it. I love it. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Um, and again, if anyone's in Nashville, I will tell you my personal favorites. Um, if you want to see the bands, I'm a rock and roll guy. I like the country music, but like I said, um, I like rock and roll. I'm a hip hop person also. I got a lot of motivation from hip hop music and entrepreneurs in that space growing up because I saw the hustle and what they were trying to do and, and the way they were doing it. And it meant a lot to me. And I saw it in there, even though the people around me didn't see it and saw it as negativity, but whatever. It's um, regardless, I am where I am. And one of the things I want to say is part of being in Nashville in Music City is I, I want to push for the entrepreneurs and the musicians that I see that are up and coming. And there's a few down there. Um, there's two yeah. groups. One is uh, Monty and the Monsters and the other one's Kenzie Whittington. I'll put them on the feed also. There's a drummer. He plays in both of them. His name is Drew Metchler. He's 24 years old. He went to Belmont University here in Nashville. He's an outstanding rising star and entrepreneur in the making. This is what I do for a living, guys. I find entrepreneurs. I see the ones that stand out. I try to help them unlock their potential and grow them. I've had my failures mm-hmm. to get here over 24 years, and I made some mistakes, but this is where I am right now. There's also a young girl. She's a bassist. She's 19 years old. Her name's, <clears throat> excuse me, Abby Kay. You know, she's out there, and obviously Kenzie she's awesome she's an entrepreneur she's running her own group so anyone who's out there who wants to go out to the strip i'm going to be meeting more people and getting into more music scenes sorry i'm losing my voice apparently all of a sudden (laughs) and um it's the excitement over this podcast but i want to give plugs to people that deserve it and i see that are hustling out on the street and something i want to tell everyone and while the vocalists and the singers and uh, don't do you know they do their four or five hour gigs They do do gigs sometimes four or five days in a row. But one of the things that I really like about here in Nashville is the musicians, like the drummers and the bassists and the guitarists, they're running for like two, three different bands sometimes trying to just make their money and hustle and get their experience in their 10,000 hours and work on the strength of their voices because they're muscles. So that being said, join it. I'll put it on the show notes where uh, the groups I'm talking about, there'll be more on there as I get more familiar with Nashville. But anyway, thanks for everyone for listening in. I love you guys. Um, Thank you 